one of the ways that we really feel like we need to, uh, that we keep our culture strong is every, even though we're at nine locations and some of those locations are actually an hour and a half from our central campus, every week we have staff meeting. And in that staff meeting, um, when we when we share celebration stories and good reports, we're constantly pointing them back to one of those leadership values. This is the L3 Leadership Podcast, episode number 158. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the L3 Leadership Podcast. My name is Doug Smith, and I'm the founder of L3 Leadership. We're a leadership development company devoted to helping you become the best leader that you can be. If you're new to the podcast, just know that we're committed to bringing you three or four episodes every single month to help you grow and develop as a leader. One will always be from our leadership events that we host. One will be an interview that I do with a high-level leader. And then once a month, you'll get a personal leadership lesson by me. If you've been with us for a while and you're enjoying the podcast, I would appreciate if you would subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes or whatever you listen to podcasts through. It really does make a difference. And also just share on social media, on Facebook, LinkedIn, or wherever you're at. Uh, it really helps us get the word out. So uh, anything that you do, I really appreciate. And I just thank you so much for listening. In today's interview, you're going to get to hear part two of my interview with Jolie Mullen, Senior Pastor of Christ Fellowship Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. This is a church I've been following for years and just love what her and her husband Todd are doing. And their leadership's phenomenal. It was such an honor to get to spend time with her. And I can promise you that you're going to love her and love her content. And uh, again, I broke this into two parts. You can listen to part one if you missed it in episode number 157. And in that episode, you're going to get to hear Jolie talk about her advice for women in leadership, how to handle the tension between being a mom and building a ministry how to make it in leadership over the long haul, and how to pull off a successful leadership transition. In this specific episode, uh, you're going to get to hear Jolie talk about organizational leadership, how to develop and sustain culture, uh, some of her favorite books, her advice to her younger self, how to have hard conversations, and more. But before we jump into that, just a few announcements. Hey guys, I just want to take a minute and talk to you about L3 Leadership Membership. I want to encourage you to become a member of L3 Leadership. The reason why I think you need to become a member is because I believe every leader needs a group of leaders to go through life with that will encourage them, hold them accountable to their goals, and help them reach their potential. At L3 Leadership, we've developed that community of leaders, and they will help you do just that. And so as a member of L3 Leadership, you'll actually get access to that community of leaders. You'll will, you'll have the ability to join a mastermind group, which I believe is absolutely critical to your success. I think every leader needs to be in a mastermind group. And you'll get access to additional resources, extra content, and a member-only forum on our website. And it's a great way to support L3 Leadership as well. Again, it's, it's it costs money to run podcasting and all the things that we do. And so again, it's another way to partner with us and say, I believe in what you're doing. Thank you. Members, Membership's only $25 a month, and you can sign up and learn more at l3leadership.org forward slash membership. I want to thank our sponsor, Henny Jewelers. They are a jeweler owned by my friend and mentor, John Henny. My wife and I actually got our engagement of wedding rings through Henny Jewelers, and they're just an incredible company. Not only do they have great jewelry, but they also invest in people. John gave Laura and I a book to help us prepare for our marriage, and he's been investing in me as a leader, a father, and a husband now for years, and I'm so grateful for that. So if you're in need of a good jeweler, check out hennyjewelers.com. And I want to thank our other sponsor, Alex to Land and Real Estate Resources. Alex is a full-time realtor with Keller Williams Realty, whose team is committed to providing clients with highly effective premier real estate experiences throughout the greater Pittsburgh region. He's a member and a supporter of L3 Leadership and would love the opportunity to connect with you. You can find out more at pittsburghpropertyshowcase.com. All right. With all that being said, let's jump right into the interview with Julie. Enjoy, and I'll be back at the end with a few announcements. Um, I do want to talk about organizational culture. Um, I know you guys are very passionate about building a healthy church, and 
I don't, I don't know what it was like during the transition. Did you guys kind of create a new culture? Did you just add to the culture? But can you just give us a vision of, of yeah. what you view a healthy culture as and then how you specifically build that? Right. Okay. So this is, there's a lot we could talk about here, but um, if I were to look back when we were one church meeting in one location and, and dad was the senior pastor, um, we did have a strong culture of servant leadership, of unity, of integrity, healthy ministry flowing from the inside out. And so we had this strong culture. So much of it was caught and not taught because we were all together in one place. Our team wasn't that big. And if we had to make, you know, um, any big decisions, it was easy to get all the pastors around the table and we could all kind of talk that out together. Um, but as we grew, we knew that, um, that we need to be more intentional about being able to communicate um, our culture so that it didn't get diluted as we grew and expanded, but it actually grew stronger, you know, as we launched campuses and and, um, and added so many more people. So we know that every, um, every church and every organization has a culture. It's either by design or by default, right? And so um, we're either going to design our culture and be intentional about it, or it's going to be what happens. And, and actually, we had a great culture, but it was really, you know, just what was happening just um, naturally. And as we grew, we knew that um, we needed to be more intentional about designing the culture that we wanted to see. Because what we saw is as we started building more ca um, campuses that the culture started getting diluted. And so um, so there were certain things that were already existing in the culture when we um, transitioned. And there were certain things that we wanted to see in the culture. And so for us, um, we began the process of, of really um, articulating our, you know, our core beliefs. Obviously, culture is built on, you know, of, of of a people that's centered around strong core beliefs and, and ours are very similar to many of the churches that are represented here. Um, but it's also our, our core values, our core beliefs, our core values, our vision, right. That we're all, um, that we're all championing the same vision. And so, you know, as a, we wanted to, as a church family, to be able to articulate that in a way that our whole church family could grab onto it. So, so we all have our core beliefs and we know what those are. Um, but then there's our, our vision that we are called to impact our world with the love and the message of Jesus Christ. And, and our church family can champion. And, you know, if, if we, if we started at, on the platform, you know, what's our mission statement? And they would all say it, you know, um, and bringing radical transformation mm -hmm. to the region. And then we knew we needed to articulate our core values. And, um, and we had, you know, many core values and they kind of got added on as the years went on but um but we we narrowed our core values down to five and i um, mean it was all for one grow to go inside out live to give and passion for people and those core values we actually unpack in our um in our in our journey class which is our membership class and you will see those you know championed all around our church campus you'll see them on the walls you hear us speak about them from the um from the platform and those are the things those values that that as a church we rally around and and i could unpack all of those but i think in the last few years, um, what we really recognized was that even though our church could champion those, there were certain things from our leaders and our staff team that, that we expected um, that really weren't separate from those core values, but they were kind of like a drop-down menu, right? Um, that these were things that we celebrated when we saw, and that when that, that if we saw something that was, you know, that was different, um, that those are the things that we ended up calling out, right? So we see things that we liked, and, and these were like, they became like the intangibles 
well, that's not the Christ Fellowship way. Hmm. Oh, wow. I went to this campus and it was so the Christ Fellowship way. And we're like, wow, this just feels a little vague. You know, what is <laughs> I, Todd and I began to think, you know, begin to ask ourselves the question, what is the Christ Fellowship way? And what we realized was there were certain intangibles um, and, and that were hard to articulate that we needed to articulate so that our team got it, so that they understood, you know, why, what, what made things, you know, um, what, what made things the way that they were and what, what we needed to do together. So we began to establish our leadership values. And those are the things that, that described our culture, right? Um, they're descriptive and prescriptive. They describe our culture, the things that we saw when we saw them, we celebrate, but they also prescribed what we wanted to see. So we recognize that when we saw people being servant leaders, I mean, those are the stories that got celebrated. And so we um, are one of our leadership values as we talked to our team was that, um, that we want to be servants and stewards first. That um, above everything else that we do at Christ Fellowship, that we do it with a, a servant heart because Jesus himself came to serve and to give. We also realized that um, that we do value excellence, right? Um, because our excellence will increase our influence. And so because we walk in places, you know, we might walk into a meeting or a um, into a campus and we saw that, you know, things weren't done to a certain level of excellence. And, um, and they, some of our leaders may not have known that we actually value excellence and excellence will increase your influence. And we started to articulate these 10 core lessons um, and, and core va- leadership values, actually, leader values that, um, that we begin to unpack and we begin to, um, to teach them to our team, celebrate them with our team, and then, you know, and, and make sure that they got in the water, um, deep into the water of our staff and team. Even, even our new staff orientation, you know, is centered around many of these leader values. Yeah. With that, uh, talking about excellence, uh, this is a question from Matt Keller I thought was excellent. He said, you have nine locations. How do you maintain quality and excellence when you're never there? I know you mentioned you might pop in and yeah. speak, but h- how do you maintain that? Nine places. You're never nine there. places. I would yeah. say that the key has been these leader values. And so that our leaders on our staff teams, when they, um, when, that, that we have articulated those very well, and now we've asked them to articulate those to their team. So um, a big point, this is also about how to keep one of the, um, one of the ways that we really feel like we need to, uh, that we keep our culture strong is every, even though we're at nine locations and some of those locations are actually an hour and a half from our central campus, every week we have staff meeting. And in that staff meeting, um, when we, when we share celebration stories and good reports, we're constantly pointing them back to one of those leadership values. Oh man, you know, that, well, I love how, you know, Pastor Matt was just, you know, just such a servant and steward in, um, in this situation and our passion for people, you know, wow, it's really about the one, right? Even though there, there may have been 500 saved this week, this weekend, and that one story, that one life story articulates, you know, our passion for people. So every week we have staffing where we share good reports, right? And, um, and all of our campaigns campuses are represented and, and we celebrate those. Um, we, we're constantly reinforcing those leadership values. And then in those times too, we're intentionally teaching those leader values and then challenging them to keep those in the water with their team. And so those, I really believe that that has been, you know, that, that standard of excellence and, and even organizationally, I think the way that we're structured that, that we have a campus expression, but our central support um, is, you know, is able to, support them well um, and that there's a there's a central philosophy that helps drive the execution at the campuses 
That's great. With the time that we have left, I want to jump into what I've been calling the lightning round, just some fun personal questions and then just some, some open-ended questions. Um, first question would just be what, what books have you, what books do you find yourself giving away most often uh, to leaders? And uh, we'll just start there. Yeah. So, okay. So the books I give away the most often, I think that um, whatever the latest, greatest John Maxwell book is, because <laughs> John Maxwell is getting better and better and he's getting ready to, um, to, to, he's just rewritten how to develop the leader within and how to develop the leaders around you. He's, he's rewritten them because he continues to grow. And I, like I said, I think he's better in this season um, than he's ever been before. And he's such a model of growing um, as a leader. So anything by John Maxwell. Um, I, I love Bobby Houston's book, Stay the Path, because it talks about going the distance in ministry. And I think her insights for men and women um, are beautiful. For young leaders, I'm almost always recommending um, Ask It from Andy Stanley. It's actually the rewrite of the best question ever, yeah. which I think really is the best question ever. And, um, and I've given that to so many young leaders because I think there's a gap between the expectation of the role that they're in and the wisdom that they need in ministry. And I believe that this, um, this book really fills that gap. And I love John Ortberg. Um, he has a book called soul care um, that I think is beautiful as you're, you know, as you take care of the inner, um, the inner soul, because really healthy, vibrant ministry flows from the inside out. Um, and we can't be healthy in ministry unless we have a healthy soul. Um, so that is one of my favorite books and really anything by John Ortberg. Love it. Uh, what best podcast you're listening to? If you listen to podcasts, I'm listening to, yeah, I love, um, I love propel, um, women in leadership. They have, they have a podcast they put out and, um, and I also love Craig Grishel podcast leadership podcast. Good stuff. Uh, what, what are some of your favorite tools that are helping you be productive uh, in your personal life? So there's a book um, called Getting Things Done. And that has been, um, we've actually institutionalized, we're institutionalizing that um, on our team, that that be the, you know, the tools that they use and, and the, the philosophy behind getting things done. Um, that is as an, on the executive side of things, um, that is a, that such a been an amazing tool and been transformative um, in our, our leadership and on our leadership team here. So as far as productivity, what was any, what was the, was that productivity? Mostly? Yeah. Any, any tools that you're using the, the book's great. Yeah. yeah so. that's great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, I guess this is more of a deeper question, but, but how have you learned to handle and process pain as a leader? Obviously in ministry, you have to walk mm-hmm. people through their darkest moments. How do you refresh from that and then take yeah, care of your well, soul? So two, you know, there's two kinds of pain, the pain that we carry for other people, you know, mm-hmm. and that takes time and intentionality. And so I think that um, the fact that we are giving out as pastors and leaders, you know, giving out and walking people through some of their darkest times is, is really guarding um, your times of replenishment with the Lord. Um, and it's, sometimes it's not just about that 20 minutes in the morning getting started, but there are times and seasons when you need extended time and you need to figure out what it is that fills your soul you know, and make sure that you are, that, that you're filling your life on a regular basis with those things um, that fill your soul. So there's extended times of prayer and with the Lord. Um, and I know that, that Matt and Sarah are great about this. They actually on their team, you know, for all of their, um, their lead team, they're sending their team away for, 
for um, for two day retreats. You know, those um, those those soul health retreats that I think are so important. Um, the other part is the pain of sometimes in ministry of being misunderstood and you know investing your life into people and then they you know you're like you think they're family and then they switch churches and, you know, <laughs> and um and team you know people that are close to you that feel a call to go somewhere else and and it can feel like betrayal right um so i think again this i think this comes from experience and i wish i knew this early on um that you know to hold people with an open hand um and to to recognize that you know that that even though someone's not part of your church or your um or your maybe staff team but they're always family and and we always say around here you know to leave the back porch light on you know and the and the door unlocked for people to be able to be family um so when you're navigating through those to keep that perspective that when they leave here they're going to be family um and i think some of the pain of the people that stay you know um that one thing that i've had to learn is to get over things quick hmm. you know not to hold on to offenses not and, and when you find yourself, you know, holding on um, to really bring those to the Lord, because we're not going to make it for the long term, because the pain of ministry can start eroding your heart, you know, and we need to have we need to guard our hearts, you know, from from the from the erosion that can happen from the pain that happens in relationships and ministry. And I think we have to, you know, get over things quick. Don't let the sun go down, you know, on our anger. And, and for me, it's also been learning to how to have hard conversations, you know, um, to be able to, um, to be able to restore relationships and keep relationships strong and healthy. That's excellent. A little more personal. If you can go back with, uh, to have coffee with your 20 year old self, what would you tell her? I would tell her that, um, that have the hard conversations. If I were to say there was one lid wow. on my leadership for several years, I think again, growing up as a church girl, um, I thought that um, that by keeping quiet and by staying silent when um, when when conflict came, that I was being a peacemaker and I was actually being a peace faker. Hmm. because I allowed the things to stir, you know, I allowed the the conflict to go on. Um, I allowed relationships to go downhill because I wasn't, because I was, I was too fearful to have the hard conversations, you know, um, because when you think about it, there's the, when you're talking about peacemaking, it's about restoring a relationship. It's not about resolving issues, but sometimes you have to resolve issues to restore relationships. And, um, and I had to learn, this is something I'm not great at, but I would say it's been my biggest growth in the last 10 years in leadership is how to have the hard conversations, um, how to, um, how to have the hard conversations with, with my, with my staff, how to have the hard conversations with my husband, how to have the hard conversations um, with, with people who, um, who may be going off track or, um, or, you know, or, or just may need to be confronted on certain issues in their lives. And, um, and I usually start those conversations like this. Hey, I want you to know I'm not very good at this, <laughs> but the relationship that we have means so much to me that I'm willing to be awkward and enter into an awkward conversation um, because I care enough about this relationship. And, um, and I think that, that learning the the tools of being um, of of being a peacemaker and not a peacemaker because you know we're either many of us fall on one end of the spectrum you know we're either a fighter or we're a fleer 
and both can enter into, um, both can, can lead to unresolved conflict. A fighter can say things that can never be unsaid and a fleer can never say things that need to be said. And, um, and the only way that we're going to be able to, you know, to, to make it the long haul in relationships is to learn how to do that, you know, well. And I think that I had the, I really believed that if you were in the, you know, if you were in the right place with the right people doing the right things that you weren't going to have conflict. <laughs> and I think that's the church myth. You know, you think that if you're on a church staff, <clears throat> you know, with the amazing Christian people spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you're not going to have conflict. And, and the truth is, you know, conflict isn't the absence of unity. Conflict is the opportunity for unity. It's the mm-hmm. opportunity to love people well and to, um, and to, and to lead them um, into unity. We don't have to agree on everything, you know, to, to be in unity. And I think that that's so important because unity is such a high value. You know, we have a value here that we, we value unity. Um, so we can't tolerate unresolved conflict, right? That's so good. I need that. <laughs> I, I'm more like you. So, Yeah. <laughs> But I'm, I'm learning. Um, final two questions. Just one, John Maxwell always says, people are going to summarize your life in one sentence. Pick it now. What do you want your one sentence to be at the end of your life that people say about you at your funeral? Wow. Um, that's a hard one. Let's see. Or what do you want said of you? It could be more well, than one you know sentence. What? I, yeah. I think that um, <clears throat> she loved God well. She loved her family well. <laughs> She loved um, her spiritual family well, um, and she had fun doing it. Oh, you know, I love that. I, that's that's just off the top of my head. I didn't get to prepare for that one. <laughs> I might <laughs> have a better one that I want you to read in a future, you know, podcast. Sure. Uh, and then for everyone who's listening to this podcast and they're like, wow, this is amazing. How can they connect with you? How can they connect with Christ fellowship? Um, how can we get behind what you're doing, serve you and, and pray for you and Todd? Okay, so um, so if you want to get connected with me or the church, we're at gochristfellowship.com. Um, you can connect with us on Instagram um, and Facebook at, um, at CF Impact. C is in Charlie, F is in Frank, Impact. That stands for Christ Fellowship. And for myself, um, for, for me personally, I'm on Instagram, Jewel underscore Mullins. And, yeah, so we're going to be having a church conference coming up in February and you can find out more about that at gochristfellowship.com. Um, we're going to be doing that mid February and mid February is a great time for all of you up North to come visit South Florida. And you may actually feel called here once you're here. In <laughs> That's great. Anything else you want to leave leaders with today? Yeah, just really an honor, you know, to do this. And I, and I love, um, I love what you're doing, investing in the, in the next generation of leaders. Um, but it's, Building church, you know, someone asked us a couple months back, they said, you know, what would you do if, um, if you didn't have to worry about finances, you know, and, and if your life was already you know, set out before you, um, what, what would you do with the rest of your life? And, and without hesitation, we would do what we're doing right hmm. now. Because building church and building God's kingdom, there is no greater privilege than this. There is no greater privilege than preparing the bride of Christ for his return and preparing the the next generation to take over and steward, you know, steward their generation um, with the amazing ministry that we get to do. And so when, when, um, when Christ is, when he was, when Jesus was instructing his disciples in um, the book of Luke and, and he said, you know, when it's all been said, and done that, that what you need to say is that, you know, we were only servants 
just doing our job, right? And that's not exactly the translation, but when you think about what Jesus did for us, you know, by giving his life um, so that we could have eternal life and we could have an abundant life here on earth. And, and you think about that he's handed us the privilege of continuing the master's work here on earth, right? That we get to do this, that we get to bring healing to, um, to sick people, that we get to bring um, a, a, the message of restoration and redemption, that we get to, to see, to feed the poor, you know, and that we get to make disciples for Christ. I mean, what there, it just is no greater privilege. And I think sometimes in church work, you know, we can get caught up, you know, in in making sure that we have a great retirement package, you know, making sure that, that we get paid for the overtime hours that we've spent. And at the end of the day, we're just servants and stewards, right? And, um, and that we get to do this ministry really is what we get to do. It's not what we have to do. There's lots of, you know, job openings at, at Starbucks and at Walmart, you know, um, but this is a privilege what we get to do. And, and I love that we get to do it with people like you, Doug, and, you know, and for the leaders that, um, that, that you're able to impact. So thank you for the privilege. Yeah. And thank you for your faithfulness for 30 years and looking forward uh, to following the rest of your journey as well. Thank you. More at l3leadership.org forward slash episode 158. Uh, again, this is part two of a two part interview. If you'd like to go back and listen to part one, which I highly encourage you to, uh, you can find uh, that in episode number 157 of the L3 Leadership Podcast. If this podcast added value to your life, it would mean the world to me if you'd subscribe and leave a rating and review. It really does help us make a difference. And also share this episode on social media, share it on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, everywhere you can. It really does make a difference. Thank you so much. I want to thank our other sponsor, Bad Inc. They're an insurance broker based out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and they're led by my friend Russell Livingston, who has a huge passion for developing next-generation leaders, and uh, they're just doing some really unique things in the insurance space. So if your organization has any insurance needs, go to Babbins.com. That's B-A-B-B-I-N-S.com. Lastly, if you want to stay in touch with us and everything that we're doing here at L3 Leadership, just go to L3Leadership.org and sign up for our email list, and you will stay up to date on a consistent basis through our emails. As always, I like to end with a quote, and I'll quote Jolie again in this one. Uh, she said this, and I just love this. She said, excellence increases influence. Excellence increases influence, and I encourage you to try to be excellent in everything that you do. Why? Because excellence increases influence. So good, Julie. Thanks for listening and being a part of L3 Leadership. Laura and I appreciate you so much, and we'll talk to you next episode. 